This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast, sponsored by the Riverside Cafe. Uh, I'm James and our lineup for this week uh, includes Dan Fudge. Hello. How's it going, boss? You all right? How was, uh, how was your evening left yesterday? Uh, nothing much happened, to be honest. Dead quiet. Um, no? Have yeah. you finished your bacon sandwich? When we first connected the call, Fudge was like, oh, sorry, I'm just eating the bacon sandwich. Hey, listen, I work late nights. This is breakfast time for me, this one. <laughs> but yes, I've finished now. And Vic is here as well. Hello, my love. Hello, you all right? I'm actually, I've got some bacon in. I'll have a bacon sandwich. Oh, what a treat. This is uh, Bacon Talk. Oh, you see, you've set the dog off now talking about bacon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> heck. Uh, right. Okay. So um, we're going to uh, normally, of course, we start off by talking about the most recent game. Well, normal format is going out the window on the Wednesday week this week, even down to the fact that we're actually recording this at lunchtime on uh, Thursday, which is much earlier. We normally record it in the evening. Uh, but uh, the last kind of 12 and a bit hours in Sheffield Wednesday world have been pretty frantic. Uh, and that really is what we're going to be um, uh, kind of thinking about talking about and reflecting upon over the course of the next 45 minutes or so. Um, So last night was the much-anticipated, much kind of moved and changed fans forum, which was uh, initially going to be at Hillsborough, then it was moved to the Octagon, then it was moved back to Hillsborough, which is um, where it took place. Now, um, Fudge, you've got a good excuse because you work evenings and you live at the opposite end of the country, so fair enough. Uh, But... I I also wasn't there. I couldn't. I did have a ticket. I couldn't make it along in the end last night. Vic, yeah, yeah, you, you were could. there. Yes, you I saved you a seat and everything. You were too busy cooking your sweet potatoes. Well, some of us actually go to work, so you know. Uh, right. Okay. So, Vic, before we get into uh, before we get into the specific talking points from last night, just obviously you were there. Just tell us kind of overall the mood. 
what was the the evening like as an overview? Uh, um, it was uncomfortable. It was angsty. Um, it it wasn't. I mean, it was never a good idea to start with, was it? Um, it wasn't. I hadn't planned on actually going last night. I'd applied for the first two rounds of tickets. And then, like I said, if Robbie's not in the band, I'm not going to apply for a third time. Um, so I didn't apply. And then a nice chap on Twitter contacted me and said, no one to go. Did I want his spare ticket? So I was like, well, yeah, all right. Um, so the best bit for me was that I sat with Dom and uh, Giddings and we had quite a good giggle. <laughs> but other than that, it was, yeah, it was an uncomfortable evening. Um, I'd imagine, and I said this on the radio last night, because obviously I've been on the radio again, and I would imagine that Trevor did it all in his power to try and advise Mr Chanceri not to host last night. Um, it was never a good idea. He, I, yeah, it wasn't a good idea. Um, nothing really came out about it, uh, came out of it, apart from the fact that we're now for sale, uh, which I'm sure we're going to. But yeah, there was, yeah. There was, it, was it was a bit of a nothing event, to be honest. Well, um, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I, I was following it through a combination of messages from, obviously, from Uvic, um, tweets, and other people that were seeing tweets and sending messages to me. So I kind of got like an ongoing timeline of notifications coming through to my phone about the various things that were being said. And there was a point of the evening towards the end where you kind of think, do you know what? There's not, there's nothing particularly new that's come out of it, other than. Um, we've been asked not to name the player in question other than a particular player who got a bit of stick for um, being a bit of an idiot for various reasons. Um, we'll probably talk about that a bit later on. Um, but it just seemed like there wasn't anything earth-shattering that came out of it until right at the end. And then the the whole kind of evening just just sort of changed. As, as, as you said in your tweet, Vic, it, well, that escalated. Um, so, yeah, the the big headline that, that, that comes from the evening then is uh, Mr. Chansiri uh, effectively saying that the club is on the the market? I found it quite interesting that the the, the official Sheffield Wednesday Twitter were kind of live tweeting from the event. They tweeted last night as well, saying the club is on the market. You know, it's 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 about as official as you get, really, isn't it? When the club's own Twitter is is reflecting that in um, in their feed. Um, Vic, am I right in thinking that you had, had had to bail by that point anyway, so you weren't there when that bit kind of came out? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I was back at home by that point. Um, as you've heard, I've got a dog. Which um, is fair enough. Yeah. yeah. These <laughs> things do I'd go just... on into the, into the wee small hours. Yeah, I think it was, I think it finished um, about midnight last night. So yeah, I'm glad I left when I did. Okay. Tell tell me, um, the, the thing that I'm quite intrigued about is reading through kind of the timeline of, of, of what was spoke about during the event. There were times when he talked about his plan still being that his son will inherit the club. He talked about um, loving Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, the plans that he's got and stuff like that. Did you have any indication the time that you were there that this kind of like, well, that's it, I'm selling up bombshell was on the cards? Um, yes and no. I think before I went, the, the reason that I was actually so keen to go was because I was I knew something like this would happen. Um, I, I kind of imagined that it would be a bit of, I don't want to say the D word, but a bit of a Dave Allen moment that he would come in and go, right, fuck you, the club's for sale, see you later, and just walk out again. Um, as it stood, he sat there for four or five hours being berated 
rightly and wrongly so, you know, on different parts. He was, he answered everything. <laughs> well, no, he didn't. He didn't really answer anything, if I'm honest. He's very political. Um, but yeah, there were points that you did just think any minute now he's just going to turn around and go, right, fine, club's for sale. But yeah, I, <laughs> wow. Um, but the thing is as well, he's a, he's a man of his word, isn't he? He's Thai, he's a man of his word. So going from, I'm, like you said, I'm going to do this really well, I'm going to sort Sheffield Wednesday out, I'm going to leave it to my son. Like that's a man of his word up until about 11 o'clock when he went, right, I'm selling. So now is he a man of that word or I, I don't know. Do you feel that there's something um, lost in translation? Now, I, I think you're no. right, James. The fact that the uh, <laughs> the club it's uh, you don't I I, I don't know. For, for me, it's uh, it's either one or two things. As in uh, the the person on the club Twitter feed, and uh, obviously the the other people that were there, um, they they've tweeted it verbatim. They've tweeted it word for word, and they've sort of said this is uh, this is what he said. Um, I think that we're going to go down one of two routes here. I think it, it's as he cut his nose off to spite his face, just to go, do you know what, sod you all, like you say. Um, I'm going to sell it then if, if I'm that unpopular. Or there was, there was talk back in August, wasn't there, about new financial support coming in. Is the, has the club already been up for sale? Has he been looking to share the ownership of the club with somebody in order to generate more funds? Or is there something lost in translation a little bit where he's gone, I will sell the club, but if I do, it's going to be in a, it, it kind of came into two parts, didn't it? Like, if I do sell it, it's going to be in terms of um, what the, uh, oh God, I'm trying to word this right. Um, I'll make sure that it's okay when we go. Or, do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I know what you I mean. Did, um, yeah. It's a combination of the two, given on like what was said last night. And I, the Sheffield Wednesday Twitter feed person um, is a friend of mine. Um, and he was just, he was literally told last night he got to live tweet the event. So he didn't have his laptop or anything. So his thumbs are quite sore this morning. Um, but I think it went, I think it was a combination of what you said. I think it was a bit of a right, sodger, I'm out boom whatever see you later but then he kind of he started to backtrack a bit and I think he started to realize what he'd said and like I said he's a man of his word and if you're Thai you very much what you say is what you mean um and I think that's why a lot of the time he struggles with forums like that because he needs to be political um and he can't be as brutally honest as he'd like to be um and I think he started to backtrack on what he'd said because I think he realized that he'd let his emotions get the better of him. Um, but I do think it was a spur of the moment, right, fuck you, I'm selling, see you later. Um, he did. He spoke at one point during the evening, um, he got very emotional um, talking about his family and um, it wasn't it wasn't about, you know, fans abusing his family or whatever like we've had before. It was very much that his wife rings him and says, why are you in Sheffield spending all this money? Why aren't you with us, with your children? You know, why aren't you in Thailand? You've got a really good life in Thailand. You know, we've got this incredible house. We've got this like business and whatever. And you're in Sheffield wasting millions and millions of pounds. And he he said, I don't know why I'm doing it. I did it because I love the club like you do. But literally every single person, oh my Christ, every single person that stood up last night said, Mr. Chansiri, can I thank you for what you've done for this club? Now I've been going for insert number of years here and you've only been here for four. And it's like, I think he just got to the point that he just wanted to say, fine, forget it. But then I think 
as he said that, he's obviously had the realisation that he's always promised this club to his son and blah, blah, blah. And he's maybe started to backtrack a bit. Um, but I do think it was very much, I, I would have said it quite early on last night, to be honest, uh, rightly or wrongly. I think I'd have stomped off and smashed a lot up. Um, but yeah, I think it is. Do you think he planned it though? Do you think no. that? Do you think it was always his plan no. to announce that the club was up for for sale? No. Because I think it's interesting you talk about. So a lot of people tweeting saying that towards the end he seemed very tired, he seemed very fatigued, he seemed quite emotional at points. Now we've, you know, I've, I've been to plenty of these meetings before, as I guess a lot of people that have, have uh, are listening to this will probably have at some point or another been to similar sort of things. And we know what, what Mr Chancellor is like in these meetings. He he tends to be very headstrong. He'll defend his position. He doesn't tend to budge very much. Um, and, you know, he has... Uh, a certain viewpoint on a lot of things that he'll go into in great depth and really defend his um, position on. Um, this kind of like, you know, emotional side to him, him getting quite, you know, upset at times. It looked like he was a little bit teary from what I'm told. This is a, this is a little bit, this is different. This is something that we've um, not really seen before. Now, what, what I don't understand about there's a few things I don't understand about this. Can I do what people did last night and just say, to, you know, from the outset that, you know, I, I think that here's a guy that's come in and invested you, a load before, of his own money, which start, he doesn't have, to, uh, doesn't have to do. Uh, before you start, can you just tell us how long you've been going to Hillsborough? That would be really helpful. Oh, I, I can't even remember. 1990, whenever that was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm, I, I'm very grateful for, 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 for what Mr. Chancery has done for the club. Right, here are my issues with this part of what happened last night. If you decide you're going to sell a football club, if you decide that you're in the market to sell it, that becomes the point of having something like a fans forum where you say, I'm going to draw a line under things and um, I, I, I've decided the time's right for me to move on and someone new to come in. Um, and so I'm starting the process now of, of looking for a new owner. That becomes the forum. Um, it seems to me that the way that that was done with it being tagged on the end after midnight uh, is absolutely representative of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club right now, which is just chaotic. It's just a chaotic way of announcing the fact that you want to try and sell the club, which makes me wonder what, how, how realistic, how honest that is. Um, let's, we've all heard the quote, haven't we, that ultimately every football club in the country is up for sale. If the right person comes along with the right money, pretty much any owner in the country would would listen to an offer because that's the nature of football. Most people that are in it are, are probably going to take the opportunity to get out having made a, a decent profit. Um, Vic, th there's a quote that I saw, just confirmed for me that, that this was right. So this is much earlier on in the evening when he was talking about his future. And Mr. Chanceri said, if I sold the club, I'd make <laughs> 100 million more, maybe more. Yeah, 100 million pounds profit, he reckoned. That, so that, yeah, all right. So um, I, I've kind of done the maths on this. <laughs> so um, he paid in the region of 35 million pounds for, for Sheffield Wednesday. I spoke to Peter over in Denmark this morning and we did some quick sums to figure out what we think is the, the money that he's lost since then, that he's invested into Sheffield Wednesday and, and effectively you know, lost in, in the club, is around £100 million. Um, if he also Christ. intends to make a £100 million profit, that means that he's valuing the club at £235 million. <laughs> now, Newcastle in, the, Newcastle in the Premier League are just about to be sold for, for £300 million. 
Um, so, I mean, even if even if we've got those sums wrong and actually his loss is half that, even if it's 50 million, you're still looking at, at somewhere in the region of, a, of, what, 185 million pounds that he's valuing the club at if he wants to make a, a 100 million pound profit. I mean, that's just, if, if that's the kind of offers that he's going to be looking for, uh, then Mr. Chancery is not selling. He's not selling this club. They're just words. Um, you know, he, he would be realistically looking to get back what he paid. Sheffield Wednesday Football Club right now is probably worth around £35 million, maybe a little bit over that, you know, maybe be able to sell it for 40 maybe a little bit more if the right buyer comes along. But if he genuinely expects to make a £100 million profit, that is never, ever, ever going to happen. And that's what I can't understand about this, is that it feels a little bit like this is just something that is just bowled in at the end that wasn't planned, he'd not thought about it. And doesn't that just kind of sum up what's going on at the moment? 100%. Where nothing, there isn't, there just doesn't, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be a plan to a anything. Plan. There doesn't seem that. to be any logic to it. It's just throwing out stuff. Um, I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more. I think probably once we come on to like the FFP and the financial side of things, let's let's kind of touch on plans and stuff because there's some really worrying, worrying stuff that, 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 that came out. It's interesting, isn't it, that on the night, you know, we both said that it kind of felt like not a lot was said. And then when you actually step back and look at it, it's the stuff that wasn't said that actually makes the the story from last night about just the absolute lack of planning that's that, that's that's going on. Um, but anyway, to sum all that up, I I don't think that he's looking to sell at all. Uh, it just doesn't feel like this is someone that sat down, done his sums, and realised that actually the best way forward now is for him to look to to move the club on to someone else that can come in and do something different. That's my take on it. Fudge, what do you think? Do you think this is is this is this real or is this just? <coughs> you know, just chaotic nonsense. I think it is chaotic nonsense. I, I genuinely don't believe that the club is up for sale at all. I think I've, not in any kind of uh, romantic, wishful thinking. I, I just don't think, one, it doesn't balance the books. It doesn't make sense. Why would you pump that amount of money into, into something to then just walk away because James from Johnsfield thinks it, not you, James, but, you know, I'm just... You know, a hypothetical James from Johnfield has got the mug on because you're not playing Jordan Rhodes and you spent ten million quid on bloody hell, bloody rubbish. Do you, do you know what I mean? It just seems it seems insane to me. And and all this stuff about his wife's calling him up and saying why why are you in Thailand? Why are you not there? That, that that's utter nonsense. It's all absolute balls. I mean, if you think about it, the reason he came into this world is because he wanted to get into the big money arena, which is Premier League football. And it's, there's some money to be had and there's some money to be earned. He's a businessman. That's what he does. Do, do you know what I mean? So he, it's not for any love of the club. It's not for any, uh, any romantic reason that, that, that he's come up with. It's literally just he wants to take us to the, to the Premier League. He gambled and lost and we're in the aftermath of it. Um, I think what was interesting last night, the most of it, was just how clueless he is about football itself. Uh, that's that's quite worrying. Uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get there in a bit where he didn't know the difference between a defender and a striker or, or, or whatever I think he said, uh, if, if, if that's correct, Vic. But I, I don't believe that the um, that club's up for sale in, in, at all, really. I think, it's, uh, I think it was him trying to say in his broken English... Um, if I did put the club up for sale, I wouldn't leave it in a in a turmoil. I, I think I, I'm genuinely convinced of that. Okay, what do you reckon, Vic? What what having kind of you know slept on things and taking it all in when you take a step back? What I, do you think? I think to... it's like I said. I think it's a combination. I don't think that he intended to go there last night to say that. I think it's probably been in the back of his mind a lot, where he's 
he's been berated and um and he's said right do you know what i'll just sell it i don't think he intended to end it on that note but i think he was he was poorly last night as well he made that quite clear at the beginning um he he did look ill as well um in fairness um he he was constantly he got a hanky up to his face he he wasn't very well um i think i i just yeah i, I feel for the guy as much as i'm not I'm not going to sit here now and say I'm a Chancery fan because I dis I disagree with a lot of the things that he says and a lot of the way that he talks to people. Um, but I did I did actually feel for him last night. Um, however, I also got very annoyed. My my favourite part um, when you said Fudge that he doesn't know much about football, he did actually tell us that um, we get three substitutions during a football match. So it was great that he he let us know that. Um, he he just said, yeah. And oh, he was like, uh, we we're talking about the squad and the rotation of the squad. And he was like, I don't know if you know this, but you get three substitutions. And I was like, well, bugger me. Where have I been going wrong all these years? Three substitutions. But yeah, um, he, I think he, he wanted to do the romantic thing. He wanted to come in, buy a football club. He wanted to do um, what, oh God, I can't even remember his name, but the guy at Leicester, like bless him. Um, I think he wanted that. He wanted to do that with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think he saw it happen and he thought, I could do that. I'm a Thai billionaire. I could, you know, and it's, it didn't go that way for him. And, uh, you know, he didn't find the Jamie Vardy. He didn't, and uh, I feel for him in that way. Um, and it's a lot of money to gamble. If you, if it's right, what you said, James, with your sums, it's a hundred million pounds. You know, you've, you can't go into football without willing to risk millions and millions of pounds. We know that. And nobody really really makes a lot of money out of football uh in comparison to what they put in um so yeah you know you can you can look at Mandarich and say oh you made 15 million profit on us or whatever but actually when you look at the ratio of what you put in you're never going to make you know it's never going to be that it's got to be a, a labor of love really um so uh, i think it was a knee-jerk reaction at the end of the night but like i said i think he's a man of his word and I think he may well, he'll be shocked when he doesn't get that offer of 280 million, I think. Um, it was interesting you you said in, in, in Amongst That Vic that you kind of felt a bit sorry for him. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit cynical here because I have the utmost of respect for um, Mr. Chancery, right? He's done something that none of us can. None of us can go and buy Sheffield Wednesday because we just don't have that amount of money. He's thrown his own money at a football club, right? He's he's done a lot of stuff for which you know we we as Sheffield Wednesday fans should all be very thankful. And there's a lot of stuff that's that's worthy of criticism. But uh, my, my kind of thoughts on these forum meetings is that there does seem to be kind of a bit of a an hidden undercurrent, which is designed to. Um, kind of induce sympathy for him. So last time there was a lot of talk about his yeah. family not wanting to come to games and stuff like that. Now, that got quite a reaction from the fan base. And clearly, abusing his family is completely and utterly unacceptable. By, you know, the, the, even in the, 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 any stretch of the imagination should not be happening. But that, you know, he really played, that was a big deal during the night. Um, and then this at the end, I, I noticed that kind of on Twitter, the, the mood changed very quickly when he said, that's it, I'm selling. Suddenly people 
began being a little bit defensive about him. Oh, I don't, you know, no one really wants him to go. No one wants this, that, and the other. Um, so there's this cynical thing inside me that wonders, was was this just something after quite a torrid night when people were going away, not particularly satisfied with what was being said? Is this just something to just try and tip the balance back a little bit and just say, well, actually, I'm just going to walk then. You'll just have any old Tom, Dick or... Harry, that is you know the cynical thing inside me, and I'm not saying that that is the case. I am simply doing this to try and prompt debate, prompt argument, prompt discussion. Um, I don't know, Fudge. You are normally quite good at playing the cynic. Yep, I'll bite. I'll bite. I think I think there is definitely <laughs> an element of it to it. I think there is definitely an element of hey, don't get on my back. I've got a family. I'm just like you guys. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a ruthless businessman. That's what you are. You don't get. You don't get that rich by writing a lot of checks and being nice to people. Do you know what I mean? You don't. You don't. You don't. You know. Uh, you, you look at these um, these businessmen's wives. You know these type of people that, that that are in the circles of these these top end businessmen. These aren't ones ringing up going, "Hey, what about the kids at home? They're probably at boarding school and all that sort of stuff." But do you know what I mean? I I I I genuinely I I know you you know you, you said it to to invoke argument, but that was something I've got written down like. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it, it was clearly wasn't very well. But apart from that, that's that's where the sympathy ends for him. And I think that the, uh, the, the a lot of the answers he gave last night were middle of the road. They were, uh, they nothing really got answered. And um, and by virtue of the fact that he's he's told a man who is underperforming in his job that his job's safe is absolute beggar's belief to me. I I don't understand which. When you really dress it down, when you really think about it, you need to keep the club in a sellable position. You need to keep the club in a perceived from the outside in a in a position where everything's fine and everything's on the on the way up and everything's great. But at the you know, as as we all know, it ain't. So can you can you sell a football club with no manager? Can you sell a football club with no real saleable assets anymore? Can you you know, can you sell a club that's got a, a complete divided fan base? I don't think you can. So I think that the, the entire move of these fans forums are a contrite, um, premeditated um, plan to try and get some people on side in order to add to the saleability of this club. But do I believe that it comes to sale? I don't, if that makes sense. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fudge, hang on. Back up, back up, back up. Sorry. Go on. Go you on. write things down. <laughs> when yeah, when yeah, did this yeah. start? Down. Yeah, I started, started writing some stuff for some things. Do you, have you literally just written de, Hey, did de, anybody down wow. I've seen... De, de, de. It's more, it's more <laughs> big, big cat, red, red dog ball. It's a whole new side to <laughs> Daniel of Fudge that we didn't know existed. He writes things down, ladies and gentlemen. I'll make notes. All right, let's move on then from um, from the sale or otherwise of the club. Let's talk about the financial side of things. Um, as expected, FFP slash PNS uh, was uh, one of the other big subjects that, that came up and got discussed a bit. Vic, do you want to just give us kind of the lowdown on what was said or in a lot of cases what uh, wasn't said um to be honest like I, I, there's a reason i don't listen to your other podcast james i don't get any of it i don't understand it i can't add up i'm a marketing manager who relies on a spreadsheet to do my sums i can't do any of that he basically said okay break it last year uh we will break it this year um selling players won't help and yeah that's pretty much it 
Um, he he was. I, I kind of got his point, and I I know I know Fudge. I, I I have been brainwashed, and I I hate myself for it as well. Like I completely get where you're coming from, and I 100 get it. And yeah, I don't I don't particularly like. I, I respect him. I do respect him. I don't particularly like the man sometimes. Um, but I do. I find myself empathizing maybe more than sympathizing but he did say last night you know in any other business that he's he runs i mean where these businesses are i don't know because i ain't seen a taxi or an energy drink yet um but he said you are encouraged to put in money and to invest except into football where you are discouraged from putting in money and it kind of made sense really like it's it's true it's like well how you know any other company in the world, you're, if someone's willing to put in hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds, you go, yeah, brilliant. But in football, you're not allowed to. And I get, I understand why, you know. Um, but that was that was his main gripe, I think, with the whole thing was that he's not allowed to spend money. He wants to spend money. Um, Katrine didn't really address the financial fair play thing um, because from i mean we'll go into what she said later but it didn't really seem to be her bag and uh, mr chanceri said nobody knows more about financial fair play than him Um he did give a shout out to the so-called experts on social media and the radio so i'm guessing that means you james um saying that they don't they don't know more than him <laughs> only he knows what's going on with financial fair play and he will sort it Um he said that he's not sleeping because of it Oh, but can I can I just interject there? No, Sorry, Vic. My apologies. There was a there was a cracking tweet uh, after the uh, after the forum last night, and it said, "Big shout out to all the uh, all the radio mathematicians and the and the amateur podcasters who uh, who came up with the sums about FFP. Congratulations, you were all spot on." Which I, which I thought, oh, that's nice, isn't it? There you are, James. There's uh, there's number one with a bullet for you. There's some gallo, gallows humour. There you are. Well, well done. For being able to uh, I'd, to I'd, mark how dreadful we are at the bank, I'd much rather have us been horrendously wrong and actually the situation <laughs> be nowhere near as bad as we uh, predicted it was going to be. Uh, look, in terms of the nitty gritty of FFP, it's probably no surprise that we we have got an owls about stats episode that's going to be coming this side of Christmas. Uh, we're working on that this weekend. So, in terms of the actual. The, the numbers and getting really under the surface of it, we probably it, it's probably not worth us getting too far into um, into that. But look, let me tell you my worries from the from the stuff that I saw from from last night. The situation that we're in was it two weeks ago, Fudge, when we we did a we did a lunchtime podcast ourselves. It was just the two of us, and we talked about the need for uh, right now Sheffield Wednesday to be thinking about a three to five year plan. Uh, and yep. I said that you know the reason that Yoss probably hasn't been sacked yet is because. Mr. Chancery is looking for the right person that matches that three to five year plan. Uh, and unfortunately, I was completely <laughs> wrong. We don't have one. We don't have a three to five year plan. We we don't we don't we don't even appear to have a plan for January, which is less than two weeks away. Chancery said on various points, I don't know what's going to happen in January. He also said, I'm not thinking about next season. We've got to sort out this season first. So all the things that I thought, oh, well, you know, it's it's quite promising that we're doing this and we're doing that, doing the other. Chuck that all in the bin. Absolute. I was talking bollocks two weeks ago. We do not <laughs> have a plan. Uh, and uh, uh, what, any football club in any situation, but particularly us in our situation, that isn't thinking further ahead than the current season, this is an absolutely critical error if it's true you cannot operate a football club on a plan which stretches barely what a month ahead we don't have a plan for january it's two weeks away 
if we, if we yeah we're not thinking about further ahead than this season we need to have a completely recruitment plan sorted for the next 3 years minimum we need to be identifying the clubs that are, are good at developing young players who we can try and strike up you know some kind of partnership with to be bringing those players in this is just the it's the absolute worst nightmare for a football club and of all the things that were said last night this is the thing that, having slept on it and reflected on it, I am. Um, it, I mean, it's just. I, I, it's beyond concerning. This is absolute crisis stuff. This. If we genuinely haven't got a plan for January, haven't got a plan before uh, uh, beyond the end of this season, I. This. This is absolute. This is nightmare stuff for our football club. We are in deep, 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 deep trouble. That's that's my take on it. Do you uh, do you believe that to be true? Do you believe it to be true that there isn't a uh, that there isn't a plan? There must be a long term plan. There has. Well, to why? Be. But why? Why? What possible logic is there for you to have a fans forum and not say yes, there is a plan beyond the end of this season, rather than saying no, we're not thinking beyond the end of this season? How because could that possibly achieve anything other than just scaring the shit out of everyone? No, because bear in mind we are shit kicker northerners. Do you know what I mean? And um, and I think he wants to try and make it sound familial. You know, to make it sound like, hey, we're all in this together, guys. It's all right. And also, if I do have a plan, one, I'm not going to tell you because what if you don't like it and I'm going to be here for another three hours? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just easy for him to say, don't worry about it. I'll sort it. It's, it's like Zach Dingle going, please, <laughs> me and I can. We'll go to we'll, we'll have a pint and we'll sort it. Do you know what okay. I mean? It's just that's like fine, that. Fudge. That's fine. But, but then say, oh, I have got a plan. I've got a plan for the next few seasons. I'm not. I'm not going to announce it publicly, but I've got a plan. Why say no? I haven't got a plan. I don't. It's a bit. It's a bit like me coming around to your house, and I could tell you that when I came to your house, I didn't crash into your car when I parked. Or what I could do is say, oh, I did crash into your car because that's a thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> you know, why would you? Why? There's no logic. It. There's no reason why I would tell you that I've. It was a crap analogy. And, uh, I, as I was saying it, I was thinking this is not going to work the way that I want it to. But it's just it's just a daft thing to do. There's absolutely no sense at all in telling people, no, I don't have a plan, if you do have a plan. Even if you don't have a plan, there's no sense in telling people that you don't have a plan because it's basically like saying, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. That's that's actually what's being said. I, I just I... don't know what's going on. Uh, and I... if the guy at the top is saying to a, a, a a forum full of people where he's had weeks to prepare for that meeting and he's turning up and saying, I'm not thinking beyond the end of this season. That is like, I'm done. I don't know. I, I can't. I just don't know what else to say about it. I do think some of that was lost in translation um, a bit. And I think it is a bit like Fudge said, you know, if he'd have gone into it, it would have gone on forever. I think he his point was that he's not thinking about five years ahead right now. He's trying to sort the financial fair play shitstorm that's going to hit us at the end of the season. His plan for January was that we can't bring anyone in. He said that. He was like, we, we just can't do it. My hands are tied. Um, he, but he's going to look at ways to do it. He His... At the moment, his sole focus is financial fair play, um, which I, the fact that Catherine isn't involved in that worries me slightly yeah. um, a yeah. lot um, because it doesn't sound like she is. And she seemed very knowledgeable about the whole thing when we spoke to her before um, and very keen to discuss it. Um, I think he his plan for now is he lives in the here and now. And we've said this before, and, and I don't want to 
belittle or anything about him. I, you know, he's, he's the guy that rescued my football club at the end of the day, <laughs> but also may well shaft my football club. Um, but he, he is a businessman, yes, but the business that, the main business that we know that he runs is a family business that has a board of directors that run it day to day. Yes? Is that right? I, 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 I assume I don't think he so. doesn't package all the tuna in the world. No, whatever. I think I think he's um, too much of a but, control freak to let big decisions such as, uh, you know, this big contract with John West or spending 10 million quid on Jordan Rhodes. He's too much of a control freak to leave those decisions to somebody else. Yeah, but he has, I, I, what I mean is if here he's saying that he has, you know, a couple of advisors and there was someone whose name was mentioned after I left last night. I'm sure James will know about that. I don't know who it is. Um, but he, as far as I'm aware, that multi, multi billion pound turnover company will not just be him signing the checks like it is at Sheffield Wednesday. And I think that's kind of what's thrown him. And now, like you said, he is a control freak and he's trying to fix the mess that he is in. And his plan now is to sort that. He he I'm sure he I'm sure Katrine has a plan for five years and she seemed to last night when she was talking about stuff. But his plan for now is to sort out financial fair play. That's that's all okay. he would say, really. I don't think it was a case of him saying, No, I don't have a plan, it'd be fine. Um it was mainly I, no, I'm shitting myself about financial fair play. I hope I hope you're right. I really do. Um and I get what you're saying about, you know, he's saying I'm not thinking about five years' time, I'm 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 thinking about the here and now and sorting out the shitstorm that is financial fair play. Right. That's not good enough to me. That's not good enough. And this is not me bigging ourselves up or blowing smoke up our asses, right? But a year ago, three guys got together and did a podcast that said in twelve months we're gonna be in shit unless we do one of these things and they were you know we've got to sell so and so we've got to sell so and so and so and so while they've still got a decent amount on their contract left and they're still at a certain age and that will raise the money to do it so we should have sorted this 12 months ago this is not me saying i can run the football club i can't this is not me saying that we've got all the answers because we haven't but the warning signs were there because if, if fans could see the warning signs 12 months ago then the owner of the football club should have seen the warning signs 12 months ago he should have made the plans there that would have got us through this season so that now as we are two weeks away from January, which is the last opportunity we've got to sell players to balance the books in time for, for the next time we've got to put the accounts in for FFP. Uh, two weeks before, we're scrambling around trying to come up with a plan. Are we going to be selling players? I don't know. That's what he said last night. Are we going to sell players? I don't know. He doesn't know if we're going to sell players. This should have been sorted 12 months ago. It's not good enough. That is not a good enough way of running a football club in my eyes. Now, let me emphasise that point. This is not me saying that I think I could do a better job because I can't, but... This, this is something that should have been thought about. And right now, he should be thinking about three years' time and five years' time. He should have... Last night should have been about the... Um the management of our football club, the hierarchy of our football club coming along and revealing to us what our five-year vision is of how you know we've got to get through the next two years and this is how we're going to do it. And then when we're able to reinvest some money, when we've come out of our three-year FFP cycle, this is what we're going to do. This is the club that we're going to be. And what we got was just, oh, I don't. we just need to get through the next month. We don't really know what's going to happen and then get through to the end of the season. We don't really know what's going to happen. And then after that, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Oh, actually, tell you what, I'll sell up instead. That's the solution. It's not good enough. It is not good enough. It's just chaos. It's just nonsense. Um, and I genuinely now, having kind of sat on the fence a little bit with all this, I don't think that we've got any kind of plan. I don't think that anyone there really knows what's going on. I've got no doubt that someone like Katrine is is trying and wants to have a plan 
put together, but it doesn't seem that there's a conducive team that are working in the same direction. How many times did she have to stop him saying things last night because it was going to do some damage? You know, that was mentioned on Twitter a few times about her interrupting him, whispering in his ear, don't talk about that, don't, don't mention that. You know, we, we, we've touched on the player that was uh, mentioned for declaring himself fit and then actually not being fit and now will never play for the club again. Well, that name was revealed at the forum and then, you know, after 15 minutes said, please don't mention the name outside of this wall. It's all over Twitter because 15 minutes down the line, of course, it's been talked about. It doesn't take a genius to go on Twitter and find that. It, it's just, it's not good enough, is it? It's just an absolute mess. And please tell me if I'm being harsh or if I'm being wrong. But when you take a step back and look at it, forget the individual little statements and stuff. The overall conclusion of last night is just that we are a state and we do not know where we're going and we don't know how we're going to solve these problems. We're just being told, yeah, we'll solve it. Nah, not good enough. It's normally yeah, we're on our way, but we don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's I, interesting I, that you pointed out about Catherine um, interrupting him a few times. Um, I think that for me, it was. I think she's obviously got some. He's got a lot of respect for her because he did listen to her, um, and she gets so much stick, and she got stick from people in the crowd last night for laughing. Actually. If you watch, if you could watch it back, as she was, she was looking around the crowd. She was listening to individual comments as well. So, like when he'd say something, and someone would mark back with a like a little quip about, like someone said, "Oh, how long are you giving Joss?" And he said, "Oh, I don't know. We'll see." And someone shouted out, "Ring!" Someone ring fucking D taxis, and then someone else shouted out, "He's on his way." She giggled. She's gonna giggle because she was listening, and I think that's really important. And there are a few videos showing that actually. It didn't look like Mr. Chancery was listening at some points. Maybe he was, maybe he was translating it in his head or whatever, but she was genuinely listening and she she did stop him at certain points. And that is the figurehead that should be running like running the day-to-day -day side of this club. Um she I I think she's incredible. Um and she will do good things for us if she sticks around here. But having seen the look on her face last night when she had to keep interrupting, um she I I would. I don't think I could do what she's doing. I really couldn't. I don't think I could have so sat what, there last night. With, with Katrine. Um, oh God, what, what would be the word? Filtering responses from from Shansiri and and things like that. Surely that negates the entire point of doing a fans forum. I don't want some. You know the the, the ones we've had in the past. Now, as as you said, James, a year ago, the, the, you know the last time we had one of these fans forums. Um, he, he said there and said, we are in trouble next season. He said, if we don't get promoted, we are in trouble. It was the one just after, uh, just before the uh, the whole the Huddersfield playoffs. He, it might have been two, two uh, forums ago. He said, if we don't get promoted, we're in trouble. We are, we are up shit creek. And that, you know, that's what he said. And, and that was candid. And I loved it. Do you know what I mean? That was, that was some, but, you know, as James says, we did absolutely sod all about it. But we, we knew we were going to go there. And, and, it, and it helped us understand the, um, the plight of the football club. Now, last night, we've got these filtered responses. We've got these very middle-of-the-road responses when it came to Yoss and the players and the, and the rest of it. Now, I don't want that. You know, what's the point? What is the actual point of doing these entire forums if we're not going to get answers that, that we want? I mean, does anybody really know why Sam Hutchinson and Kieran Westwood aren't playing? Apart from... It's the manager's decision. Do you um, know what I mean? We don't, uh, like... She, in fairness, the, the responses that she filtered were for professionalism. Um, she didn't filter, 
a lot. Um, she she face palmed a lot. She you know you could see her literally biting her knuckles. Um, but she she filtered on the obviously we've mentioned about the player who apparently to quote we've we've talked about it now so I'll bring it up. But to quote Chancery, he came on social media like Rocky, saying he was fit and ready. He did a little Rocky dance as he said it um and then told the physio he told the physio that he wasn't fit it wasn't that he was declared unfit he apparently then said to the video physio no i'm not playing i'm not fit mr chancery said that was completely disrespectful no respect to the club he damaged the club by that point because it obviously put light on him and why he wasn't playing and fans asking questions chancery said that therefore he would name him because he had damaged the club Catherine Catherine didn't say anything at that point, but she looked horrified that he had mentioned this player's name. Obviously, she has to deal with the player ringing her up today saying, what the fuck? Uh, She did stop him. The main point that she stopped him on um, was Jordan Rhodes. Um, So someone asked about the dressing room situation that we talked about before, where Rhodes had mentioned in an interview that he was happier at Norwich because there was no bullying or groups in the dressing room. He mentioned a few other clubs that he'd been at that there hadn't been. He didn't mention Sheffield Wednesday. Someone asked Mr. Chanceri last night. He hadn't seen that interview. He immediately, he was furious that Jordan Rhodes accused us of being a bully in football club. Katrine stopped him and pointed out that he hadn't named Sheffield Wednesday and therefore he didn't go any further with that. And I think that was actually really professional. And actually, uh, <laughs> Whilst I appreciate that, yeah, we should, you know, we should be getting clear answers from these forums. That's what they're there for, et cetera, et cetera. There's also a level of professionalism that needs to come with that. Um, And it doesn't matter whether you run a business full of 10 people or a business like a football club, you know, you've got to still keep some decorum and some professionalism. Um, And a lot of the time as well, she was explaining explaining what the questions were to him. So when he looked confused, she was leaning in his ear and kind of explaining what they were. And then you saw a realisation on his face and he went to answer the question. It wasn't so much that she was filtering him. She was just trying to keep it to a level of professionalism that it should be from a a business. You know, it was almost like an open board meeting and no other business would have someone say, oh, well, you know, that that bar manager, Dan Fudge, well, he said he was ill and then he wasn't ill and then bloody hell, what a bastard. You wouldn't get that in any other company. So what she did actually was try to bring it back to a level that it should have been. It should never be about naming and shaming. It shouldn't be about getting all the inside secrets. It's, It's not about that. You know, what happens behind those club doors is... It's it's involved with the people who work and have money in the football club. We are fans, we are customers, and uh, we are we. If you want the right to complain, then you have the you should you are a customer. Therefore, you know if you want to complain, you can't buy a shirt. That's because you're a customer who wants to buy a shirt. So we don't deserve to know everything just by going and sitting in the 1867 lounge for a few hours. So she was no, filtering right, what needed to be filtered. Why, why, why can't these level of professionalism, these curt responses, why can't they just be putting a press release, putting a, a statement on the website? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? An FAQ. Because if he did that, it You have to do that by EFL rules, by the way. You have to have a certain number of fans forum per season uh, under EFL rules. It's actually part of the, the, the rules of owning a football club now that you have to have fan meetings, fan engagement meetings. I think it's three over the course of a, a year, I think. Um... Vic, I listened. Everything you said there was really interesting, but there was nothing there that that, that pulls me away from this situation. <laughs> that 
Well, no, no, there was, but there was nothing there that makes that, that that veers me away from the opinion that last night was anything other than just chaos, which yeah. is just what the football club is at the moment. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, Mr. Chancery talks for 15 minutes about something and then she kind of says, oh, actually, we shouldn't have said that bit or whatever. It's yeah. like those two should have discussed all that beforehand. They should have said, right, what we're going to say about this. It's pretty obvious you're going to get asked about these things. Yeah. What are we going to say about it? What's our public stance on it? Why is this stuff not being thought about in advance? You know, it's just chaos it none of it makes any sense and it's it's just you know after uh, when when you're at the top end of the the league you forgive it don't you because it's just like oh it doesn't matter it's working doesn't matter if the chairman and you know then it was joe palmer who was the chief operating office it doesn't matter if they're not on the same page on stuff don't matter uh now when actually everything's going a bit a bit shit um then that's the stuff that really goes under the spotlight and there was there was nothing in the way that the the two of them seem to interact together last night that makes me think oh actually that's a really good working relationship it sounds like she's just having to rein him in every now and then it's just it, it's i don't know it's not it's not good enough um we've talked for 46 minutes pretty much already uh and we've only really kind of covered two main topics although we've covered some of the subtopics so look um guys if you agree with this i don't think we particularly need to talk any further about yos than we have done already not just tonight but over the last few podcasts um it's clear as things stand right now he's not going anywhere um and and that was kind of you know made pretty clear last night Fudge, as you mentioned the kind of the statement that was made about the players that aren't playing was really because of uh the the coach and it's his decision we didn't get much more of an insight in it other than that Vic, is there anything else from last night that, that that you kind of you know want to get across and want to mention? Uh, yeah, well, just before I do, um, I've been going to Hillsborough since 1989, <laughs> so just to let you know. Um, it was so yeah. So I mean, I've talked about Katrine. I do have a, a, like a major girl crush on her, but because she's just she eludes professionalism. So she was um, at one point, obviously, Mr. Chancery went out for a cigarette. And a guy stood up and I've, I've reached out for this guy on Twitter today um, because I think he would be great to come on the podcast at some point. He's a young lad, really, really well spoken. And he asked the rest of the panel, who by this point hadn't said anything about what their role was in the club and if they had an update. Um, so that was really interesting. So it went from Alistair, who's the ticket office manager. He was talking about um, the fact that he's i don't know he's doing stuff with tickets they've done a few six game packages and stuff like that he's kind of just plodding along and doing his job and doing it as well as he can um it then went to stan oh, who's a security stan. guy he absolutely adores he adores this football club he said so last night he is really passionate about it he said the fans give him major headaches every single game but he wouldn't swap it for the world um his job again is just tootling along battling with the safety advisory group and doing his usual role. I'm, I'm not trying to belittle his role, by the way, because my God, will that be a difficult job? But he just said, look, my day-to-day -day job is this. This is what I do. Um, it then went to Katrine, um, who it was strange, really, because as a CEO, she seems to have, from what we could gather last night, more of a commercial director role. Um, so she seems to have stepped into that light. Now, I apologise if there is a commercial director at the club. I don't think there is, because I think Toddy said last night that he works directly with Katrine on stuff. So she she was instrumental in launching the fan parks outside the ground. She said that they are currently running at a loss, um, but she is keen to give something back. Whilst the football's not good, she can't do anything about the football, she is wanting to do more for the fan engagement side of things. So she said that her main role was fan engagement and increasing revenue. So she's launched the fan parks. She has she was 
put the shop in Meadow Hall. Um, she said that that will be long term if it's feasible, if it's affordable. As it stands, it sounds like it's on a bit of a week by week um, basis. So um yeah so that's happening at the moment um and then it she also mentioned a few of the other bits that you know she's she's working on so stuff in the club shop she's working with the club shop to increase stuff there she's she's doing like i said a lot more with fan engagement and um, then it went on to trevor braithwaite who's director of comms um he <laughs> wow what a job that must be at the moment Um, he interestingly was talking about iFollow and said that our FLI Football League Interactive platform and iFollow are actually the second highest grossing platform in the Football League um, of those who use it. Obviously, some major clubs bought out of the deal, but out of the whole Football League, we make the most money out of it. And we have now obviously got Rob O'Neill and John Pearson involved, and that is a partnership with Radio Sheffield as well, he said. Um, and the partnership with Radio Sheffield is all back on the straight and narrow, as is with the star, which is good. Um, that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, other than that, it was just no, Joss isn't getting sacked, stop asking about it. And yeah, that was that's pretty much a roundup of the rest of the evening, to be honest. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Vic. Um, so this is the Wednesday week sponsored by the Riverside Cafe. Uh, do you know what? We've talked a lot there about the only stuff that really seems to matter right now in um in Sheffield Wednesday world. So um, I, I'm going to just kind of do a bit of like a quick summary of the other Sheffield Wednesday news here. I'm going to try and do it in kind of like, you know, let's say a minute or a minute and a half flat, and then um, we can kind of wrap things up. So um, I don't think we need to talk a great deal, to be honest, about the sponsor game, because it was fairly typical of um, Sheffield Wednesday of late, where we, you know, have a bit of positivity. We take the lead and then everything comes crashing down. Um, obviously, there was the Yoss interview afterwards as well. There's been a lot that's been kind of said about about that um, and it'll be kind of interesting to see how things play out with him over the next couple of games because those questions aren't going to go away. So, um, so yeah, defeat at Swansea. Uh, next up for Wednesday, of course, is Preston this um, Saturday. Then we go into the very busy Christmas period. Uh, we are at Middlesbrough on Boxing Day. Um, Fudgy, you're um, in um, Sheffield for a little bit. So next week's Wednesday week will actually be um, us three together in the same actual room, actually looking at each other's faces. That's going to be lovely. I'm, um, I can't wait for that. Apologies in advance for, uh, for, for my face. <laughs> All the stuff that's going on. So um, <laughs> yesterday, as well as being the fans forum, was also the blue and white Christmas uh, that uh, Wednesday do every year now, which is brilliant, where they go around uh, a lot of the local charities to the children's hospital to some really good causes. Uh, it was covered really thoroughly on the, the club's Twitter feed uh, and it's been covered on the, the website since then as well. It's well worth having a look and just seeing what they did. Similarly as well, um, earlier in the week, uh, a young lad Owen who uh, has been in in, in hospital uh, for kind of a long-term hospital um, thing uh, he was at the club's um, training session on I think it was either Monday or Tuesday uh, that was really really good some really nice stuff that came out of that so in a week where things haven't been great it was nice to have a little bit of kind of positive stuff um Fudge, i'm going to bring in you here because um again this is actually quite upbeat so um the efl goal of the year competition is up and running and we've got three goals in the final for that yes we've got uh well i think it's um adam reach having a competition on his own with the rest of the league i think he's <laughs> he's probably trying to engineer himself a move or keep his price up so you know i 
that's just me being cynical. But um, but yeah, Adam Reach uh, against Leeds, which is the um, well, the long range slap. Then there was Adam Reach against um, against West Brom, which was the long range slap. Now none of these are hit and hope goals either. These are <laughs> these are decent goals. But I tell you what, the, the other ones that are in there are uh, Connor Herhain. Uh, there's also uh, where's the other lad from um, from Villa, John McGinn. He's in there as well, but little Barry oh, yeah. for me has got the uh, has got the uh, has got the goal for me. I, I love this goal. It's the one against Millwall, the one where it's the uh, the side volley into what you youth today call the top bins. Um, if you want to get involved in that, it's on Sky Sports now. If you just Google um, EFL Goal of the Year, get involved, and uh, we should all pick. We one, are way we? behind as well. Are we? Are we behind? Jump begin. Yeah, we are. It's. 41% voted for Neves, Wolves, Derby, 41% John McGinn, 8% Adam Reach so far um, for the Leeds goal, 2% for West Brom, 1% Barry Bannon. So there you are. Tell you what, that Neves goal was good though, wasn't it? It was good. It was. Uh, Adam Reach, <laughs> we'll, we'll pick the Adam Reach one and we'll all go for that one because uh, because we, we've got three goals in there. We'd be winning anyway. If you added all three Wednesday together, nights we'll assemble. Winning. Yeah. Tell you what, because it didn't actually win the goal of the month, did it? Because the John McGinn one uh, beat the Adam Reach one. So it's only fair that he wins goal of the year. It's fair. Let's share out share out the love. Come on, Villa fans. Stop being so selfish. Uh, right, so that's <laughs> um, that's on the go at the moment. Uh, quick youth watch. The under-23s beat Hull 2-1. Interestingly, Sam Hutchinson was in the starting eleven for that game. And congrats to Isaac Rice, who I think actually made um, a substitute. He didn't actually make an appearance, but was named as one of the substitutes earlier in the season. Uh, he has signed his first professional contract this week. So uh, well done to him. So that is the uh, the one and a half minute news summary that took four minutes. That was pretty good. Um, I want to end on a slightly more lighthearted note. Uh, because, right, last week when we were recording the podcast, we had a few technical issues caused by the fact that Eddie lives, like, you know, in the sky somewhere or something. Um, So we had a few minor technical problems that meant the back end of the podcast didn't go quite according to plan. Anyone that's listened to it knows that it sounds like we're all talking over each other, which we actually do, uh, but not quite as bad as it came across on the back end of uh, last week's podcast. It also meant I couldn't hear anything that Eddie was saying. So um, there was this discussion about uh, Marco Matthias opening up his tarts. Uh, yes. That was a really bad choice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, opening, opening up his, his tart business. It's not got any better, has it? Uh, so, Marco Matthias and his, his, his pastry business, let's call it that. Um, and you, you kind of threw about some, some ideas for other things that Wednesday players could do. And I couldn't hear you, and I got some prepared. So, I want to do them now. I want to do them this week. So, I've got uh, Lucas Jowder's Chowder. Um, We've got Brilliant. Morgan Foxy Bingo. Yes. Which, Morgan which Foxy Bingo. Sponsor of Jeremy Morgan Kyle. Foxy Bingo, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Westwood's Best Wood, yeah. which is just he sells really good wooden furniture. Nice. <laughs> um, this is one for anyone that's lived in Sheffield for a certain length of time will remember this. Stephen Fletcher's Van. <laughs> so the Fletcher's Van. Anyone yeah. remember that? He used to come around with the bread wow. and the cakes and stuff wow. like that. So Stephen Fletcher, when he retires, just drive around selling bread. Um, I've got um, Josh Honor Mamas and Papas. <laughs> wow. Which sells children's clothing. <laughs> it, gets, it gets worse. Give it away. Uh, Matt's Penny Chew. Oh, dear. Which is just a sweet shop. Uh, and finally, right, I'm quite proud of this one. Cameron Dawson's 
cab to your Dawson where he <laughs> offers people a lift home. <laughs> Can you hear that noise, listeners? Can I, you hear that noise? That's the I, bottom of the barrel. I've been straight there. Cam, Cameron Dawson's cab to your Dawson uh, is buying out D-Taxes, I've heard. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, so, right, that is that is going to bring us to um, a light-hearted end to what's not been a particularly light-hearted Wednesday week. Um, but thank you for bearing with us. As I say, there will be an edition of Owls About Stat, which will touch on uh, some of the more technical stuff that came out of the uh, the forum uh, last night. Um, Vic, firstly, thank you for going along and, and repping the, the weekers at the forum. My apologies for being... And no show. Um, I know, obviously, you've done quite a lot of tweeting about it. If people want to catch up with kind of the story of last night and see some of the other stuff that was said, uh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Victoria1867, which and is ironically Fudge... the year I started going. <laughs> ah. um, Fudge, um, your Twitter's got absolutely nothing of interest whatsoever. So if people want to find that, where, where would they go? I, I wouldn't bother. I just just won't bother. You can if you want. Yeah. It's uh, at, at Dan Fudge. It's got nothing going on there at the minute, has it? I've, I've not done a knob gag in a while either. Yeah, sort it out, Fudge. Um, <laughs> you can get me on Twitter at James Marriott. We will be back next week with our actual kind of live sat around the same table somewhere, possibly in my kitchen, not sure yet. Um, so that will be back um, next week. But in the meantime, have an amazing Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Keep up to date with the Wednesday week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.